Hey everyone, BT here. And today David and I are going to be talking about a YouTube channel called Soft White Underbelly. It is the passion project of a gentleman by the name of Mark Leta, who is a brilliantly gifted photographer who started this channel many years ago where he basically takes individuals who have been marginalized by society sort of on the fringe and humanizes them and allows them to tell their story. It's a fascinating look into what goes on in this world when most of us pay very little attention to it. I think you're going to really dig this conversation, so let's check this one out. Successful people learn how to make their mind work for them. I'm David Nagel, and this is the Successful Mind Podcast. Full Throttle Thursday here with David. How you doing today? I'm great, man. How are you? I'm great. It's a good day to be here. It is. It is. So uh, today we are uh, full throttling our way into the soft white underbelly of YouTube. And for those of you that are not quite familiar with what soft white underbelly is, it is a uh, YouTube channel that is basically a series of stories around uh, very interesting human people, many of which have survived certain traumas in their life. It is uh, was created by a gentleman a photographer actually by the name of Mark Leta and it's uh it's a huge YouTube channel he's got over a thousand videos uploaded onto his site lots of content lots of interesting stories and beautiful photography but uh the reason we wanted to talk about this today and we're going to specifically talk about one video in particular of an inbred family from West Virginia that he interviewed uh, multiple times on his channel but um David and I wanted to have a conversation a little bit about what this soft white underbelly is, some of the things that we're sure about, maybe not so sure about, and uh, what we think overall um, about this content. So why don't we go ahead and start there? Well, I came across this, uh, and a client uh, sent me a link to this, I don't know, four months ago, something like that. And I had I didn't know anything about it, had never seen it before, didn't even know it existed. And they asked me what I thought. And... Uh, I went in and I was actually surprised. I, I was surprised how big this is. Um, and I didn't know that it existed at all, but the, the amount, or I should say that the amount, um, well, yeah, the amount, the amount of, the amount of people that this guy's actually interviewed, uh, that are non-traditional individuals, uh, I thought was astounding. And I'm, I'm, I gotta say, I'm still on the fence with this, with this site, whether I, whether I like it or I don't, because I think, I, I think I've come to the decision that it, I think it's a good thing for the most part, even though like we're looking up here at the screen, this specific video has got 29 million views at current count. And you look at it and you think to yourself, holy shit, 29 million views. But when you look at it, the question then becomes people are, are watching this for like not good entertainment. Right. right. I mean, it, 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 it really, it, I do think it, it definitely has a factor of like, it's kind of astounding to look at it. Most people are not aware of the amount of individuals that are living very, very difficult lives. Uh, and he brings this to the, he brings this to the surface. But one of the things that really grabbed me about this was was the way so many of these individuals are actually living 
And the idea that part of the reason that they're living that way is because people don't want to see it. Right. They just don't want to see it. pretend as if it's not even there. That's right. In real life, they don't want to drive down the road that these people are living on. They don't want to be anywhere near them. But on the screen, we could they could look at it and eat their popcorn and laugh, right. you know, or or would ridicule it or, or whatever, be, or be amazed by it. But the, you know, the question comes out like, what are you doing for it? Now, one of the things that I was impressed with was that what's the guy's name that started this? Uh, Mark Mark. Mark, Mark yeah. Thanks. Um, he takes them to Walmart. Like yes. he gets some clothes, he gets some food. I think he bought them some appliances forever. But yes. these people are living really, really rough lives, and. I had uh, very interesting uh, experiences when I was young traveling through different parts of the United States where I saw some of this firsthand in, in my life. So I was very aware that there were people like this. Most of, most of our clients and um, uh, people that know me had, know that I've spent uh, a, a pretty large amount of time with homeless people in the past, interviewing them, talking to them, sure. really trying to get to understand some of the plights of human beings, you know, in general. So for me, it's always been fascinating because I come from the place of how does how does a person get into a situation where they're living this way? What is actually causing this? I'm always looking for what can we do to lift people out of suffering, right? Because I, I am a firm believer that, Going hungry in this world is absolutely not necessary. Living in ghettos is not necessary. Uh, people living in the, in this kind of, of a situation, regardless of the fact that that there's obviously um, an inbreeding factor going on here, it, they don't have to live this way. And I'm also very knowledgeable about the fact that some people choose to live this way, right? Like if you sit here and you watch some of the videos on this channel, there's some people here that in their belief, they're making very conscious choices about the lives that they're living. You know, there were some of the, I heard some of the pimps talk mm -hmm. about that. Sure. Some of the sex workers talk about that. Some people were like, this is the life that I've chosen for myself. Well, I mean, what do you, what are your yeah. thoughts on it? Yeah, no, I, I think that's interesting because there's a lot of people that probably heard that immediately and their ears kind of pricked up a little bit. And they're like, are you telling me that, you know, this is a choice that I was sexually abused or this was a choice that I uh, got hooked on meth and now. Well, I, I wasn't talking about that specifically. Okay. I was sure. talking about some of the prostitutes that are on there that claim that this is this the life is the that they've joked. Yeah. yeah. And, and you, you know, you, no, I, I totally agree. Not to put words in your mouth either, but I think that it's, I look at it and I'm fascinated by the stories. You know, I am, and I'm not watching They are fascinating it. stories. They're fascinating stories. I mean, I'm looking at, he, like I said, he's got over 1100, you know, 50 videos on this particular channel. I'm looking at ex-drug dealers, crack addicts, transgender prostitutes, homeless, uh, car thieves. I watched one on, uh, on a hacker. I watched, of course, the Whitaker's, which we'll talk about here a little bit further in. Just very interesting people and the people who have been marginalized by right. our society. They've been sort of pushed to the side. And the reality is, is that this does take place in our world. I live in a place where I don't see this every day. So if I want to go You don't see, see this it, any day. Yeah, exactly, Let's say that's exactly, true. Yeah, that we for do, sure. We, we don't, don't drive past this on the way to nope. work. It's nowhere nope. near our community, but it's only, it's, it, I mean- this is on the outskirts yeah. of every major city somewhere, you know. Yeah, and we're and we're we're in a 
we're in a progressive country where it should not be the case. Like people should not have to be living in squalor like they are. But like you say, many of them are choosing this life. They could find a way to get off the street. They could find a way to get help. They could find a way to do whatever it takes to uh, get out of it. But there's a lot of people who have maybe become comfortable in it. Maybe it's a, a pattern from when they grew up or some sort of trauma that they never got helped or, uh, and, and they, they just continue to move forward. With he, it. well, with the Whitakers, he, he actually talks about that when he first, heard about them, and he was going to go see them to meet them. Apparently, one of the neighbors of this family came out with a gun. Right. And were like, you need to leave these people alone, right? So apparently there had been things that happened in the past sure. in order for that to occur. But they protect each other to some degree. You know, I think that... I have I have met people that live in real abject poverty in Appalachia and stuff like that where they they defend the the life that they live and it's not I mean from the average individual looking at it a person would say I wouldn't want to live that life There's no way but what's interesting is that many people defend it so on one hand you say to yourself well we shouldn't have anybody living this way on the other hand it's probably become a multi-generational acceptance of this is the way our life is and we defend it. And in order to do that, they have to make the way other people live wrong, which is probably what so many people do with this site. Right. And they make them wrong, right? So it's a catch twenty two sure, type of a sure. type of a situation. Yeah, absolutely. No, I think this might be a good time for us to to play a clip. So we're gonna have Brad roll this clip, and we're gonna watch a little bit, and then we're gonna go ahead and uh, uh, talk a little bit about All right, it. So this go is ahead. the Whitakers. Come on out. Come here, Ray. Ray, t- tell me about your family. How do I turn that off? You just have to stand. It says over in Ephesians chapter 6 that you take unto you the whole armor of God, having done all things. You how do I turn it? Stand. You know how to turn it down? And there are times that you just have to take the helmet of salvation, the breastplate, the righteousness, the spirit, the word of God, and you just stand and you fight and you have to just stand there until you see a manifestation. Yeah, that's interesting. All right, that's good, Brad. So, yeah, you kind of get a sense. And you gave me an assignment uh, a few months ago. You were like, I want you to just watch this and just pay attention to your reaction to to how you're feeling about this. Like, what right. is your what is your initial feelings about it? And as I watched through it, um, I I felt there was a bond 
between this family that was really, really strong. So it was a, it was a bond that united them. Yeah, there's a lot of things like looking at them. They're a little they're, they they look quite a bit different from other people. Uh, the way they live, the trash piled up. They all live in this sort of you know old house and all these other sorts of things. But what I remembered thinking about it was that people are choosing. They're choosing this life. They're choosing to be there, and they're not hurting anyone. They're just there to just exist and live their life how they want to live. And I think that's one of the things that definitely stood out to me the most with them yeah. when you handed me that assignment. I asked a handful of people to watch it, uh, and I didn't say anything about it. I'm like, watch this and tell me what your first reaction is. And um, it was interesting because one of the things that I was coming from was I wonder what the average person, uh, what is the reaction when they see this? Because obviously most people go their whole life. They don't, they don't, they don't see this. And I, I remember listening to Jordan Peterson talk um, on several different topics. And he, he talked about something called the disgust factor in human beings. And it's, a, it's basically, it seems to be a genetic um, a reaction that human beings have to certain things that probably leads to our survival. And it, it, so basically, we have something in us that is repulsed by certain things. And in a healthy individual, you'd be repulsed by things that would be potentially harm to you, either psychological, emotional, physical, health-wise, whatever. Uh, and as I was as I was watching this, I thought to myself, I wonder, you know, first of all, what you're looking at is you're looking at human beings that obviously come from an ancestral family uh, that are living really rough, really, really rough, and they're they're limited. They're limited intellectually. They're limited physically. They're limited verbally. Um, uh, their their understanding of things is is limited. If you watch, you 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 they eventually get into who's related to who and how did they get that that way? Whose parents were whose? And you could see that the least amount of incest has the most intelligent part of the family, and then the, the deeper in that it goes, the worse Material. it actually becomes. But as I was watching it, it occurred to me like. This guy, and, for, and like, I don't know this guy, Mark, at all. I have no idea who he is. All I know is that what he's doing and, and what he is creating, and I, and I get that he has a fascination with, you know, kind of like the macabre ar around this. Many people, many people do. It's, it is very interesting. But is it that we so can't look at the worst of ourselves that we allow this to continue to happen because it's not just, it's not just these people. Like I've said many times, you know, if you go to major cities and you look at where the, where's the ghettos, right? The people that live in the ghettos, how many generations have they lived there? What's going on? Why can't they get out? Get out. Why can't we help them get out? And I've really come to the determination that, the reason, like, we completely have the ability to eradicate that kind of living for almost everybody. It does not need to be as as big as it is. But I also know that once you get in there, there's a mindset of those people to hang on to what it is they have. It's it's very fascinating. I mean, I would really suggest that people take a look at this and ask them. Just ask yourself. And I'm not coming from any judgment, but 
How do you react when you see this? Do you feel like you want to go and help or do you feel like, don't show me this? I don't want to see anything about this. I don't want to know anything about this. Get this the hell out of my life. Because truth, truthfully, T, I had, <clears throat> I had, like I said, a bunch of people look at this and I got, I got reactions ac- across the board. One person was like, I don't need to see this. Don't send it. Don't ever send this to me again. And they didn't want to talk about what it called up in them, but they've made it very clear. Do not ask me to look at another one of these videos, right? Yeah, they're firm so, in their no way. Yeah, I mean, it, it got it was very triggering for people. Yeah. Sure, and I, I could see how that that could be an issue for for a lot of people. I mean, for me as well. I mean, it was it was triggering of sorts because it triggered in me the gratitude that I have for what I have, and that. I wouldn't want to live my life like this. And they are clearly choosing to live their life that way. And that that's okay. That's their choice. It, it did trigger me of sorts that way, but it also triggered me in, in ways I wasn't expecting. Like I said, they seem like a, a really close-knit family. They seem like very together. And they live in a community where neighbors look out for them. You mentioned they the, the shotgun. They, they do. If the, we'll, we'll link to the, the uh, Walmart one in this particular episode as well, but there's a scene in there where they come across and they meet another a part cousin of the or something, right? A cousin there at the Walmart, and, and it's a very like it's like a great thing. Like anybody, like any two family members yes. meeting in the Walmart. Hey, yep. what's exactly. happening? How you going? And then and then they interview another another gentleman <laughs> who has happened to be at the Walmart as well, who's a neighbor of theirs who no longer lives up there. But they talk a little bit about you know Freddie and Freddie passes away, and they show Freddie's now is Freddie Freddie's the one all the way to the right yeah, of the so, screen? Yeah, I believe I believe that's Freddie, and they actually in in this this video that we watched. A, a bit ago, they do show you where Ray gets excited to take you to Freddie's grave, and they basically walk across the street over by another trailer house, and there's a plot. He's buried in He's the buried yard. right there. He's buried right there in the yard, Freddie. And um, you can just see that there's some love there, even though Ray can't verbalize it. He's he loved Freddie, and right. he's he's very huggy. He hugs the guy in the Walmart. Now, is, Fre- is Freddie a brother? I believe so. Yes. Did the guy in the middle pass away recently? Also, oh, I'm not sure. I, I think they just interviewed them, and they all seemed fully intact. Oh, did they? Yeah, he, okay. He does. So Mark somebody Linton wasn't does. there in the last interview. Okay. Somebody. I don't. Maybe it was the sister. Maybe. Maybe well, somebody was, and they made note of it, but they didn't say. Didn't say where they didn't she know was. where she was, okay. which was seemed weird. So they thought maybe she passed yeah, so away. He I think does that's what check it was. in. It's not like he just goes and films these people and gets what he needs, and then he goes. He's gone back. He's got definitely. Mark has a soft spot for the Whitakers because he does take them to Walmart. He does spend thousands of dollars. He helped them with their putting a new roof on their house. I think he helped them secure some money for a vehicle and things like that. Yeah. So he's giving. Um, you he know, gained their trust. He gained their trust. He really did. I mean, although it was precarious at the beginning with the shotgun and the neighbor and all those things. It was other a little precarious, yeah, for sure. But if you, look at, if you look at the channel from an artistic standpoint, it really is taking the people who are marginalized or forgotten by society and bringing to light the struggles that they deal with on a day-to-day basis. And I can only assume, and maybe this is me just being naive, I can only assume that the soft white underbelly refers to what Churchill talked about Italy being the soft white underbelly. Italy was the soft white underbelly of Europe. It was the most vulnerable vulnerable part. Yeah. So the soft white underbelly in our country is these these fringe people, these people that are out there that are struggling from you know hand to mouth that we really should be addressing in some way, shape, or form. And I'm sure that the entire project that that Mark is is taking about on his own and being the 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 disciple for this is to say, look, this is something we need to look at. We should not have a world where there is poverty or, or there we should not have a world where there's hunger. Like you can choose poverty, that's fine, but we nobody should go 
hungry, right. but you're, you're, you're making that choice. So he's exposing that a little bit, but he's taking people that you normally wouldn't see. And you know, the, the thumbnails are intriguing. So you click through, that's what gets me on soft white underbelly. It speaks to, Oh, this one might be relatively interesting. Maybe I want to learn about, you know, uh, a skid row, uh, heroin addict. Right. What is it like on skid row? He actually goes down and there's videos of him going down into skid row, seeing the 10 cities, interviewing these people. And like you said, with you interviewing individuals who are homeless, they're fascinating. They don't give two shits about they what are. you think about it. They're amazing salespeople yep. and they're, they're, they're out there doing it and they're making a fairly, fairly decent amount of money. You've yeah. spoken to some people. Well, one of the things that I've always tried to do that I've, that I have taught people from a resourceful aspect and that, that always fascinated me was that when you look at folks like this um, and, and even completely homeless people, they're able to get what they need to survive. And what's interesting about that is that that in and of itself requires a level of consciousness to be able to get what you need and then to live in a situation, whether it was, whether you consciously made a choice or not. Now, I, I never th knew that there were people that were homeless that actually made a conscious choice to do that until I started interviewing them. And I did this when I was a teenager, right? right? I was shocked to realize that people were just like, I'm checking out. Like, I don't, I don't feel like a part of society. I don't really want anything to do with it. And, you know, I don't want those responsibilities or I want to play the game or whatever it is that they think is going on, but they've chosen to check out and do something different. And then you have other people that probably have no choice. Like these people probably have no consciousness around the idea of where they are and how they're living. And they don't know anything else because they really don't go anywhere. And they don't they really prob probably don't have the intellectual capacity to know the difference right. either. But... They look, these you're talking about, these are adults. These are older adults too. Oh, totally. And so somebody's helping taking care of yeah. these people, you know? And if this guy, I will say this, because you were telling me about somebody who had an issue with the fact that, they're, that he's probably making money off of this channel, which he probably is, but he seems to be putting the money back in to be helping some people. Correct. Right? So yeah. that that's obvious that he's actually doing that. Yeah. He's um, not, it's not pure exploitation. It's not. No, no. I mean, yeah, he's, you know, he's, he's taking pictures, he's selling books, he's got this channel, 3.66 million views, or subs, excuse me, subscribers. Subscribers. 3.6 million. Yeah, 3.66 million So that means that there's a lot of people watching this on a regular basis. A lot basis. of people watching it on a regular basis. He puts out a ton of content. Like you said, he's that been doing this. That does concern me, though. Yeah. It does. In what way? In what well, way Well, I mean, why are people watching this on a regular basis? I mean, if you're watching this as entertainment, that is not a good thing. Right. That is not a good thing. If you're watching it because you're trying to learn something or you want to be part of the solution, that's one thing. Um, otherwise, it's like an exploitive type porn yeah. off of the... Well, off of the, the the misery and suffering of others. And that's, and that's what the, the article I was reading about with the woman who was interviewed on the channel and she had some things to say about it wasn't the best experience for her. She referred to it as trauma porn. You know, it's yeah. like basically people are attracted to that uh, for some way, shape or form, some reason. Well, it's like the train accident thing, right? Yeah, you, you, can't look you, away. you can't look away, yeah. right? So you, people are just, that's why this has 29 million views. Yes. I guarantee you it's not because 29 million people care about what's happening yeah. to this family. It's because it is 
is so bizarre yeah. that they're looking at it and they can't they can't look away. Well, and this, I mean, this has been. Going I mean, you got a guy that barks, yes. right? I yeah, mean, Ray. I mean, yeah. Ray is like he walks around, he shit his pants, yeah. and he barks at people all yeah. day long. Yeah, right? that's so, his communication for right. him. And yeah, yeah, totally. It's. I mean, we've been doing this since the dawn of time. I mean, you go back to and not not to relate the Whitakers to you know the 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 oddities you see at the, the, the circus, you know, like the bearded lady or the friggin' eight foot tall gentleman or, that's right. You know, I mean, it's, it's very much, I mean, this has been going on forever and ever and ever. Long and, time. and, and people are, they're drawn to that for some reason. I don't make it a point to go on this channel every day. Um, I, I do subscribe just to see if there's anything that's interesting. I don't necessarily take great joy in watching other people suffer. Right. Um, when I first watched it, I thought that's immediately, I'm like, Oh, God, what does Nago want me to watch here? Is this about? <laughs> but when I watched it, I was like, I was like, I look. It allowed me to look at it through a different lens, and allowed me to look at it from the standpoint where they're perfectly content. There's a contentment there that even the richest people yeah. in the world sometimes can't reach that level of contentment, right? right? Yeah, and it's but, interesting. Yeah. I mean, I don't necessarily need. All I think the it's things. a contentment out of ignorance. So yeah, let's that's, just say that's that, that that's, that's probably true. there's very not an true. awareness with that. But I don't necessarily need all the things that I have, but I want them, and that's the big difference here. When I look at that, I'm like, I don't want that life. I want what I like. But when I'm around people that are, let's say, let's use the homeless as an example for, you know, for many years, we would go out to Seattle for a a weekend out of the year, watch my cousin do his symphony. You know, he had him on the podcast. Well, we did that up to to the COVID thing. Absolutely. Till COVID. Yeah. So we would go out there and we were alarmed at the last time we were out in Seattle, how that city has been overrun by the homeless. And it, it came to light during COVID that they were just allowing it to be just basically this demilitarized zone where anything yeah. could go on out there. And it's really soured my, it's soured my love for the city. And it's unfortunate because I'm not, I don't want to use the word repulsed by that. But when I see people out there, you can't even get down the street without seven or eight people heckling you, asking you for money, calling you names, doing all these sorts of things. It, it, it's hard for me and, yeah. and it, I don't like to be around that environment and call it what you will. I don't want any part of that, but I can also see where I could learn something by yeah. my reactions, dig deep and say, why am I having this experience? Why, why am I triggered so much by what's happening out there on the street? Yeah, It's just it's really interesting. It is rough. I don't know, but I would encourage people to go out and, and come up with their own opinions for something like this. I think that soft, wide underbelly does, you know, teach us a little something about who we are. And if people are watching it, for pure entertainment. Um, that's their prerogative. It's very, very interesting. It makes me wonder what else they're watching out there. But I do think that what the soft white underbelly is doing is it is showing a vulnerability yeah. here that we, we can all learn. Yeah, I want, to th- I want to believe that this guy is doing this to bring awareness to these different problems. I mean, that's what I'm choosing to believe. I don't, I don't know the guy. Um, I don't think he would be doing some of the things that he's doing if he was just purely exploitive about it. But I don't think that there's a whole lot of ways to bring the awareness with without the exploitive nature of it, right? Because it's like uh, these – that's one of the things about the internet. The internet's a platform for so much information, and it's a way to get a message out to people. Now, if there's people that are using it in an exploitive way, that's on them, really. But if there's people that look at this and go, you know something? There's something I can do about this. There's something yeah. – that's something I can I can help. I can be a benefit to society. Or I feel really pulled toward one person's story and they get involved and, and make a change. 
then if one person's lives change, it makes, it makes, makes a, a difference. huge difference. Yeah. yeah. He'd be an interesting get on like an interview. I'd, yeah. I'd he love, probably would I'd be. love for you two to get into a room. Cause I think you can really get to the bottom of why he does what he does. And, and just to learn a little bit about it, because I did do a little bit of research on, on Mark Leta and there's, he's done some podcasts and done some interviews here and there. And he started off as a photographer yeah, from my understanding. Yeah, totally. Yeah. He's very, very powerful. Yeah, I'd interview and strong him. I'd interview him if he wanted to come to on the see, show. It'd be sure. interesting to see what he had to say, but um, all that to say, I would definitely encourage people. We've, linked a couple of these uh, below uh, for the soft white underbelly. Go check it out. I mean, if it's not for you, we don't let us know, like, like leave comments. Let us know what you think. Let us know what you think of our opinion. Let us know what your opinion is. Uh, We'd be really interested. Like I find this extraordinarily fascinating what people think about these things. Um, It just, uh, it's kind of the way my mind works. I'm I'm always curious about what people think, regardless of the topic. Yeah, and also, I'd also like to get um, a little bit more on that disgust factor piece you talked about with Jordan Peterson. Like, I want to, I think I want you to send me that link so I can kind of take a piece of what he talked about within that to see how it fits into, you know, my watching and how I felt. Well, you know, it's interesting. Like, if you really get into it with Peterson, one of the things that he talked about when he brought it up was he linked it to Hitler because of the atrocities that Hitler did there. And he, I think, I think where he picked it up, where it was actually being used in a really nefarious way was when he listened to Hitler's table talks, uh, which was a a series of books that were published about around unedited conversations at Hitler's dinner table. And there was, he, he gained a lot of information there, but the idea that Hitler had this, his disgust factor was very, very high. Right. He was like a clean freak. Um, And then, you know, to view certain uh, individuals as being dirty or or not good and look what it led to. Right. I mean, it led to one of the worst, worst things in in history. But that was where I heard Peterson talk about it for the first time. I've heard him mention it a couple of times, but I can get you some information. On yeah, that. yeah, I think that would be really interesting because I'd like to be able to tie it into what we talked about yeah, here today. Yeah. So, yeah, um, yeah just as a, as a reminder for those of you that are uh, watching or listening to this right now, uh, in the month of July, we are going to be putting out one podcast a week. It's going to be on Mondays. It's going to be David doing an amazing uh, uh, lessons on leadership with uh, CEO and my wife, Steph Tuss. I think it's, uh, it's going to be really good. I think people are really going to dive into that. So uh, we will not be hitting your feed three times a week in the month of July. It'll be only that one time during the week, but uh, we'll be back on our regular schedule in August. And uh, I've got some you know, some exciting things coming your way, but definitely Lessons on Leadership is coming up and uh, we'll be back with Full Throttle Thursdays yeah. uh, beginning in August. So I love same having these conversations. Time, yeah, same th- These conversations channel. are powerful for me because I get a chance to A, get inside your brain and B, <laughs> I get a chance to experience. I never would have found something like this had you not mentioned it because you are you're constantly seeking new information. You're constantly learning from those around you. And you talk to a whole lot more people than I do. So you get recommendations, you pass them my way. Sometimes they're a thumbs up. Sometimes Sometimes they're a thumbs thumbs down, down. but you know what? At least I'm, I'm, I'm giving it an effort. And I think we did that with, uh, with soft white underbelly. So this has been a great conversation. I agree.
All right, everyone. Soft white underbelly. Interesting conversation indeed. We'd encourage you to go click the links and watch some of these videos and, and make a decision on your own to see how you feel about this. You know, David talked a little bit about is there exploitation involved in here? What's the point of all of this? I think that's to, that's in the eye of the beholder. You know, we'd like to uh, learn more about what Mark Leta has in, in store with Soft White Underbelly. It's a huge channel and it is pointing out what's going on in the world as far as, uh, you know, these marginalized people and their stories and it humanizes them in a way and uh, hopefully you'll find that for yourself. So go ahead and leave us a comment. Let us know if you watched any of those, if some stood out, if there's any uh, things that we talked about in this episode that stood out to you, let us know. Be sure to ring that bell and subscribe to this channel. We definitely want to continue to bring a lot of these Full Throttle Thursdays your way. It's just a great conversation. All right, until the next time, we'll see you on the next Successful Mind Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Successful Mind Podcast. And if you like what you heard and you want to know more, go to davidnagel.com forward slash free stuff.